Hello, and welcome to Surveyor Says, the podcast from the National Society of Professional Surveyors. Today, we bring you the next installment of Point of Order with your host, Executive Director Kurt Sumner. His guest is Aaron Grau, Executive Director of the Association of Professional Pipeline Surveyors. Kurt and Aaron discuss the beginnings of APPS, the goals of their association, and why they are tailoring representation to the pipeline industry. So, Let's jump right in with Kurt and Aaron discussing the relationship between our complementary groups on this point of order episode of Surveyor Says. Good morning. This is Kurt Sumner, host for today on the NSPS podcast series. Uh, today, we're going to be talking with Aaron Grau. I hope I pronounced that right, Aaron. Yes, sir. He's Aaron is with the Association of Pipeline Surveyors. Uh, most of the people listening to this podcast will be aware of the Association of Professional Pipeline Surveyors. The organization has been around now for a, a few years, and Aaron's going to tell us about that. Um, but I thought it'd be good if we could, Aaron, follow up on some of our prior conversations, some articles that have been in our newsletter, uh, a variety of you were on the radio show with us at one point and just thought in the podcast series, we could recap a bit and provide this opportunity for the people who listen to our podcast to sort of have an archive, if you will. The good thing about our podcast, which is a little different from the way the radio show worked out. And I mentioned this in a, in a podcast yesterday, actually um, the downloads for the radio show were a bit sporadic. So, it was hard for people to go back and find them sometimes or find them at all for that matter. And so right. on, our, on our website now, people can go and listen to these podcasts anytime. Um, and so it creates a good library, if you will, for us. And so that's one of the reasons I wanted to do this with you, because now by doing this, we'll have something in our archive that people can listen to anytime they choose. Well, we appreciate it. Yeah, And I very much appreciate you being with me today. Um, Sorry, I wasn't able to make it out to the meeting a while back. I think I was sick at that point or something. I don't remember exactly what took place, but um, well, we can we can recap all of it for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that'll be good. So maybe we should just start out uh, so our audience has an idea of of the why. I know the organization's been around now. How long? About three or four years. Yeah, I'd say about four years now. Um, of course, we haven't been up and running uh, at full strength for that amount of time. It took some it took some doing to stand the association up, <clears throat> begin developing its governance and, and that sort of thing. But to answer your question, the, the why um, is really it comes down to a to, to a workforce issue and a liability issue. I mean, um, I, I'd like I'd, I'd wish it was something more grandiose than that, but um a few years ago, uh, a few uh, pipeline owner operators, uh, at the time it was Columbia Gas, they're now TransCanada, uh, Mark West, which is uh, now uh, under another name, uh, you get the idea, as well as a handful of um, survey firms, came to me uh, and, and asked me if, if I'd be willing to help them, you know, put a put a put an association together because what what they saw was a need in the industry because of um, a lack of what they considered to be qualified pipeline surveyors. 
So it's a workforce issue because there just weren't enough surveyors, there aren't enough surveyors with an understanding of the, the unique aspects of pipeline survey. Um, and that's, that's debatable, but what's not debatable were the pipeline owner operator companies saying that for folks to come on their sites uh, and not be well informed about the dynamics of pipeline survey projects is an exposure issue for them. Um, safety issues, uh, financial issues in terms of um, reroutes or or oversights that 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 would be made that uh, if a surveyor was more informed about the dynamics of pipeline survey, maybe they wouldn't have made. So it became a question of safety, became a question of finance, became a question of uh, pipeline integrity, became a question of um, you know, getting pipelines um, up and running uh, in a timely fashion. And what the owner operators realized was that surveyors are, are typically the first folks on a pipeline job and they're the last ones to leave. And um, although the, the technical aspects of uh, shooting a point, um, setting a boundary, et cetera, uh, are the same as a, as, as a surveyor would engage in if they were doing a typical boundary survey for a piece of property. The other aspects of pipeline survey were just too numerous to count. And there was concern about a growing number of surveyors who weren't as informed as the owner operators wanted them to be uh, and who were getting a crash course in machete use or what it's like to operate and, and do work around heavy equipment or ditches um, and on and on and on. So the, the concern, that was the concern and uh, the solution was to bring survey firms and owner operators together to develop a curriculum that, that educated surveyors about the dynamics of working on a pipeline survey and that, and that, um, if a surveyor was to go through an entire course, you know, all of our curriculum, we would offer them um, an industry-related, you know, pipeline surveyor certification that is obviously uh, marketable. Uh, there's a growing number of pipeline owner operators that would appreciate a surveyor having that certification on their job as opposed as opposed to not. And so it gave surveyors an opportunity to make themselves more marketable for these sorts of projects as well. So you had both sides of the table coming together and, and um, the idea was to, to build an association that addressed these issues uh, and then to begin addressing the issues. Well, I can certainly see it also from a surveyor's perspective, particularly having been a survey company owner for a pretty long period of time myself. Uh, from the surveyor's perspective, it seems to me that having this opportunity to be more well-informed and sort of be part of the team, if you will, not, not just somebody that gets contracted to do the job, but actually interacting with other people involved to learn more about the peculiarities, if you will, that's a, that's a pretty big deal on the liability side. Absolutely. So from my perspective, uh, it's, it's a great idea to have an industry with whom we as professional surveyors are working to work with us to help everybody understand better what everybody else is doing and why and uh, what the norms are 
and and then all of that eventually relates to the liability side. So, as a professional surveyor, it makes sense to me. Uh, yeah, uh, and and you know, professional surveyors, you know, they say this tongue in cheek, um, but I imagine there's a little bit of truth to it. Uh, not only are surveyors the first folks on a pipeline job and the last ones off a pipeline job for good reason, you know, based on what their their expertise is required. But they also sort of say tongue in cheek that uh, on these pipeline survey projects, they sort of battle for who who's going to be the low man on the totem pole. Is it going to be the surveyor or is it going to be the land man? And it just sort of depends <laughs> on who you talk to back and forth and back and forth. But there is an element of of um, reality to that. And, um, you know, the folks who got together to begin developing this association took it to heart. Surveyors are um, not just uh skilled they are professionals and uh, the survey technicians that are part of their crews are professionals and um they should be compensated and recognized as such and so we spent a lot of time talking about the pros and the cons of including the word professional in the title of our association and there are some who have taken issue with it you know asking us you know how how is a industry association qualified to designate somebody as a professional? And, um, you know, the pushback that I offer is that we're not designating anybody as a professional. We're, we, we are assuming that when surveyors become surveyors or when those technicians step onto a job, they're already professionals and, and, and um, they should be recognized as such. So, uh, you know, at the end of the day, as this begins to grow, we hope that the marketability of an app's certification is indeed that something that is marketable and something that surveyors can hold out as a, as evidence of um, not just their professionalism, but also of their added skills that is worth a, a premium. So it, it goes it goes both ways. And and. Um, you know, when when we saw that the owner operators of these pipeline projects were not pushing back on those notions, because as you pointed out, they have legitimate liability exposure and exposure issues that they're willing to address at the front end. It all just seemed to make sense. In the training itself, um, makes sense, of course, that people need to know what the norms are, what the expectations are, how things need to be done, that kind of thing. Does that yeah. extend all the way? in the training to the as-built side? It does, it okay. does. So our, our training courses, we have we have two levels of courses, a 100 level and a 200 level. And the 100 level courses are, are as what you would expect. You know, the first one is actually called uh, general awareness. And so it is an overview of just about every aspect um, that a surveyor can expect to see on a pipeline project. But the 200 level courses get into, um, I'm not a surveyor, uh, so when they get into the weeds um, on um, survey uh, requirements and techniques, um, you know, all the way through, you know, our, our, our pipeline surveyor 203 uh, are as-built surveys. And, um, they're pretty intense. Those those courses are pretty intense. And and to receive the industry certification that we're offering, we ask that surveyors attend or participate in those 100 level courses and then actually pass uh, exams uh, that are part of each 200 level course. Right. Well, another aspect of it that that always comes to mind to me is I, I know when 
when the organization first started and people on the surveying side weren't sure what was what it was about, what was going on and, and that kind of thing. Um, I would hear comments like, well, I'm I'm a licensed professional surveyor, so how can somebody require me to do something? The way I looked at that was it's a requirement by your client. It's not it's not right. a requirement by your by an industry necessarily. Your client is saying for me to be able to hire you, I need you to have done this. That's right. And, and really, um, that's that's uh, that's what we're aiming for. I mean, we want large surveyor firms to say to their their crews and their teams, we want you to have this app certification. We want um, pipeline owner operators to say to the survey firms, we want your crews to have this certification. But um, <clears throat> excuse me, if you don't have the certification, you're you can still do the work. Uh, you know, it it is it is by no stretch nor will it ever be a requirement uh, that a surveyor have this certification uh, to do pipeline work however um, it sure it sure does help uh, and and um, you know in the meanwhile uh, you know as in as as awareness about the information that we're sharing grows we feel that more and more people will will have the understanding that it sure does help uh, and if I have a choice between surveyors who have enough certification and those who don't, I'm probably going to go with the guys who have the certification. Again, it, it's impossible for us to require it. We're just an industry group, um, uh, but we're, we're making this information available for a market-driven reason. Um, and we're, we're hopeful that people will, will pay attention and agree with us. And th I'm asking this question out of ignorance. Um, the as-built survey. Yeah. Uh, if I'm working on a project uh, in some county somewhere, my as-built survey is typically going to end up with some approval agency, like the, the county planning department or somebody is going to look at that. Um, is that still is that true with with pipeline as well, or is it not more, for lack of a better term, governed by any entity? other than the industry uh well i'm deaf i'm not a surveyor <clears throat> i'm just a dumb lawyer <laughs> but I, what i can tell you is that um interstate pipelines are governed by just about every organization every every agency under the sun uh from the federal government on down through county municipal levels um other types of lines that are not what they call transmission lines for example gathering lines may or may not be regulated or overseen uh, but at the end of the day uh kurt you're right you know um you know you're talking about putting a putting a piece of infrastructure whether it's a small gathering line or a large you know 36 inch uh, transmission line you're talking about putting that piece of infrastructure over what is likely multiple pieces of property that are not owned by the people putting in the infrastructure and so um, you know, that property might be owned by a farmer or a county or the state. Uh, so there are all sorts of regulatory agencies and, and, um, and uh, municipal government agencies that will need to have sign off. And in many instances, you're going to have private property owners who are going to be uh, asked to provide easements um, for this type of infrastructure as well. So 
Although I don't think I can answer your question definitively from a surveyor's perspective and, and the work that goes into, you know, filing these types of um, reports and maps, et cetera, with, with county and state officials, um, uh, you know, more broadly, the answer to your question is a definitive yes. I mean, and that's a big part of what we offer in our training as well is, um, you know, attention to um, FIMSA regulations, federal, you know, pipeline uh, hazardous material safety administration requirements, as well as what you may run into insofar as working with um, railroads, uh, you know, counties, cities, et cetera. Yeah, I guess the, the, the premise of my comment was one that is, is an expansive, not requirement necessarily, but expansive use of the information. In other words, I'm not just doing this for the contractor. I'm not just doing it oh. for this particular reason or that. There are a lot of other people that are dependent on this and are going to have some need for it to be done properly and followed all the rules. That that was the point I was getting to, that it's not, I see. I see. not just necessarily a, a client uh, professional relationship. It expands further than that. Oh, absolutely. I mean, look, at the end of the day, you're talking about uh, infrastructure that carries, um, you know, volatile uh, chemicals, uh, you know, natural gas under pressure. And so there are definitive safety requirements and safety concerns. And yeah, there will be a lot of people who will pay attention to the information and data that's collected and, and recorded by surveyors. Um, some of it, if you're talking about a a large transmission line that's regulated by the federal government will take into account uh, the traceable, verifiable, and complete data requirements that FIMSA looks at, such that be required to accurately record uh, not just the location underground of a weld between two pipes, uh, but also um, uh, the type of weld, the, the materials of each pipe that were put together, um, where the pipe came from. So in the event of an incident, uh, which can happen, um, uh, investigators can go right to uh, uh, the data that the surveyor provided in order to understand what happened and how it can be prevented. So this is this is and this is the type of information I think that that you're getting at that that the association wants to get at and and inform and educate surveyors about its importance when it goes to when it comes to surveys. Is there, survey. is there an element of this whole process that, um, in surveying terms, goes to the as-built part, um, and does that as-built document uh, is it created from uh, information as the pipe is being laid. Let me ask you why. I'll tell you why I'm asking that question. I've, yeah. been, in, I've been in situations before where there was very little evidence to try to figure out where a pipeline actually was. I might know where the easement was and even where a recorded easement might be, but I've seen instances where the pipeline actually didn't end up being built in that easement. It, they took a shortcut or something. And so uh -huh. from the as-built side, is the, does the surveyor get involved uh, as the pipeline is being laid to be able to file a proper as built? Yes. Okay. Absolutely. I, I, and, and, uh, and I wish I could go into more detail, uh, but I don't know that any more is needed. The answer is definitively yes. Um, you know, these pipeline surveyors will tell, you know, will tell stories about, you know, how their, their, uh, 
you know, they're shooting, they're shooting points on a pipe, um, you know, as it's being laid and coming up behind them are, you know, the, the heavy bulldozers that are, that are covering the pipe and they got to hustle, you know, they've got to do their work and they've got to do it accurately and sometimes quickly. And so the answer to your question is yes. Yeah, that, that, that makes a lot of sense to me. So I, I see your guys, I call them your guys, people from the association uh, at a lot of conferences as I'm traveling around. And I'm curious if uh, the participation at those conferences, they, I see them in the exhibit halls. Sometimes they do workshops, I think. Is that, yeah. is that helping to make the, our connection work better? It is. It is. Uh, you know, um, our association is fairly limited in uh, capacity. Um, I don't want to say we're a one man show, but uh, a lot of it, a lot of it is here, is here on my desk. And so we're rolling out um, our ability to participate in those conferences uh, slowly, uh, more slowly than I'd like to see. Um, but uh, New Jersey, uh, Ohio, Pennsylvania, and, um, you know, as, as we progress, we will move further south and further west, uh, and obviously up into the northeast as well. And when we're there, we're able not only to sort of interact because we've got, you know, the, we're there with a lot of other folks in the exhibit halls, but we have the opportunity as well to provide uh, training, continuing education courses. And uh, that's where we're seeing the most interest. It's not really traffic at our booth as much as it is uh, pretty full classrooms with regards to the training that we're providing. And I think part of that is because there is a growing interest and acknowledgement in what we're doing specifically with regards to pipelines. But um, our courses also count towards surveyors, you know, continuing education requirements. So even if a surveyor is never going to step foot on a pipeline project, uh, they're able to take our courses as sort of some new and fresh uh, material um, that they haven't, that maybe they haven't seen or discussed before, uh, and it counts towards their continuing education requirements. So, yeah, those events are very uh, helpful for us, uh, and I enjoy being there. Yeah, and I can understand, again, being one who is required to do continuing education for, for licensing purposes, uh, it is kind of nice to have new things to see. You know, sometimes we, yeah. we tend to do the same things over and over again, and then you have to question, okay, is that really helping us in terms of our continuing education? So right. um, I was curious about that, I, and, and you're right. I'm sure people do it for that purpose, but I think it also says to people in the profession that, hey, I can learn what I need to know about at least the, the preliminary parts of what I need to know to do this job by taking this course. So yeah. it's sort of two-edged sword for us. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, a lot of the stuff that we, that we, uh, that we provide education on uh, seemingly has absolutely nothing to do with survey work. Uh, and it takes a little bit of uh, explanation or context at the beginning of these courses to help surveyors and survey techs understand, tell me again, why are you telling me about federal regulations that have nothing to do with, you know, the data that I'm recording? And and the reason is, is that it, although it, although you as the surveyor obviously don't take it into consideration as you uh, collect data and, and establish your survey, your employer does. In fact, these owner operators live and breathe by it. And so the more you know about what matters to them, 
the more valuable uh, of a surveyor you will be and the better work that you'll be able to do. And so once folks understand the context of what we're offering in some of our continuing education courses, they say, oh, okay, well, walk me through it. And then we're able to do so. There, I know obviously there are a lot of pipeline companies that some are really big, of course, <laughs> and then yeah. some not so big. And is, is the concept of the, of the certification spreading more throughout those companies in general? It is. It is. And I mean, they have their own uh, internal protocols and politics uh, that they need to address before any of them are able to come out and say, thou shalt have an app <laughs> surveyor certification. Um, and I don't know how soon we're going to get to that point. And that is that is a process. However, a lot of the um, uh, folks within these companies who are actually managing the pipeline projects as opposed to the C-suite folks, they're getting it. Uh, they understand the value of it. Um, and, and, and although a lot of decisions and so far as hiring pipeline survey crews are driven by dollars and cents, uh, a lot more of the decisions now are actually taking into consideration what does the surveyor know about a pipeline project, whether that's them having done the work before or them having gone through our training or a combination of the two. And um, and that's what we're driving towards. So it is spreading. Uh, and we've got some uh, meetings scheduled um, in the spring. Maybe now, maybe, maybe now it's pushed to summer or fall with, with a cadre of, of uh, firms down in Houston that do work all over the country. So um, it's a national effort. Uh, because pipeline infrastructure is a national requirement. Yeah, I've, I've done that type of work during my career over time, not on an expansive basis, but we have a couple of three people actually in our leadership who are involved in the process. And I talk to those guys a lot. And uh, yeah. like you said, there's some of those companies that, that work all across the, the place and then you're going to have local surveyors, depending on what the project is, somewhere in backwoods of Virginia, where I grew up. I mean, you know, it's, it just right. goes all, all up and down. Uh, pipelines don't uh, don't have any specification on where they may end up being. You, you know, they don't all go through right. down highways and they go across mountains and all kinds of other yep. things. So uh, I can see where it's good. So in terms of the the future for the organization and for the certification, it sounds to me as though uh, the future looks pretty good as long as the information still gets out. That's right, uh, we hope so. Um, and it's always a question of the information uh, getting out there, uh, which is a combination of marketing and actually sharing the specific you know, coursework with, with more and more folks and explaining to more and more pipeline owner operators, the value of it, the more of them who come into our association, um, the better because they offer um, expertise, they offer requirements and so far as what they would like to see us provide to, to surveyors. Um, we are, the association is incredibly grateful uh, to you. Um, we have a, a memorandum of understanding uh, with you guys that, that we see as invaluable and, and uh, you know we appreciate you guys uh, uh, helping us in this regard. Um, we look forward to as many mutual beneficial uh, engagements as possible. But the future does look bright. 
simply because um, the United States is fast becoming uh, one of the world's largest natural gas exporters. The level of infrastructure that's new infrastructure that's required is almost unfathomable. Uh, and then when you go back and consider the existing infrastructure that will consistently have to be updated and repaired and maintained, all of which requires survey work, um, you really start to, 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 uh, you know, create a world where if we don't have enough qualified surveyors, um, for this type of work, uh, you know, the economics of it really begin to pinch. So, we, we hope that there, we hope that there's plenty of opportunity for surveyors to do this work and we're hoping to help them do it. Now our time is going fast. These things run fast when you have a lot of cool things to talk about. One, yeah. one other, one other quick question I had for you though, in terms of the instructors, when people go to yeah. the courses, are yeah. they typically people or who are pipeline surveyors, uh, for the most yeah. part? Yes, for the most part, they are folks who've been in the business for years. Uh, and our core group of instructors now actually come from the world of owner pipeline owner operators. These are guys who are <clears throat> survey and project managers or former survey and project managers for large pipeline companies. So they're able to provide, um, you know, firsthand information um, and, and anecdotes along with uh, the course material that's been developed in conjunction with many other pipeline owner operators as well as surveyors who've been doing the work. So we rely on, a, on, a, on an education curriculum committee to develop the work, to develop the, the, the content, and then it's provided um, either online or, or in person, um, you know, by folks who have been doing it for years. Excellent. Well, I really appreciate you being with me today. I always enjoy talking with you and um, looking forward to being able to continue our collaboration and because it's of great interest for you guys, but it's also of interest to us for the benefit of our membership and to support what we're all about, which is the professionalism of surveying. So right. uh, it, it just makes sense for us to, to have a continue that collaboration so that everybody, people get what they want. Uh, but at the same time, we, we keep it sort of in that framework of the whole idea of professionalism of surveying. Well, that's what we're aiming for. Uh, that was a big reason we got together uh, as an association, and that's a big reason our associations got together as well. And I'm grateful, very grateful for your interest and your help. Well, I appreciate it so much for you being with me today, and uh, we'll get this thing posted, and then we'll see how well we did, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Kurt. But nonetheless, good everything seemed to go well. So thanks again for joining me today. I appreciate it. My pleasure. Be well. You've been listening to Point of Order with Kurt Sumner and Aaron Grau, Executive Director of the Association of Professional Pipeline Surveyors, here on the Surveyor Says podcast. If you have any questions about APPS, please visit their website at pipelinesurveyor.org. In the coming weeks, we will have more future focus episodes with Ana Rios, a Texas young surveyor, and with Jim Cohn, an SPS director from Washington, talking about giving back to young surveyors as a teacher and mentor. We will also have another point of order episode featuring a conversation with John Warren and Pat Beeler, both former NSPS past presidents and longtime participants in state and federal legislative efforts. 
With spring right around the corner, we have more episodes lined up to discuss safety in the workplace, including an in-depth discussion on ticks and the potential of Lyme disease within our profession. If you have any questions, please send them to info at nsps.us.com and put Surveyor Says in the subject line. So remember, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Spotify, as well as our podcast host, Podbean. And watch our website, nsps.us.com, for information on future episodes. And remember, it's a great day to be a surveyor. <laughs>